it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Study. This is your SmackDown Study for September 10th, 2021. And man, oh man, did this show rock. Whew! Two hours, just ridiculousness. And in the best way possible, the one thing that I wish this had was a women's match. <laughs> we had the contract signing between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. And that was it for the girls. That, nothing else. Apparently there was a, a tag team match uh, that was supposed to be on the card as well, but unfortunately that got cut due to time, which is unfortunate. Um, it would have been nice to see them on the show, especially being in Madison Square Garden, which is always a magical place. Um, but I understand time constraints. It's, it's kind of tough. Um, but I do feel bad for the ladies. Uh, and hopefully next time that they're back at MSG that they're able to uh, fit them in because, you know, they work hard. They deserve it. But that being said, like I said, this show was crazy. Uh, we kicked things off tonight with a very touching remembrance. Um, recording this on Friday night, uh, when this comes out on Saturday, it will be September 11th. Uh, it will be the 20th anniversary of the attacks um, in New York, on the Pentagon, and in um, Flight 93. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to think that it's been 20 years already. Uh, I, I remember being a junior in high school when this happened, um, sitting in one of my classes and having a professor run in and be like, you know, somebody's attacked uh, Twin Towers, and the whole day was just every class try to focus on, you know, the television to watch, see what had happened, and just, yeah, it was, it's definitely one of those days that 
my generation will never forget. Uh, people like to, to call it, this was our JFK moment. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, I don't even know how to, how to accurately describe it. It was, I think terrifying would probably be the best word to use. Um, especially being so young, not really understanding what was going on and just, yeah. But, um, they're going to be always doing their best. Um, like they're, uh, the way they are with the troops and them being the first show two days after on September 13th, uh, for SmackDown after the attacks, um, being the first group or the first company or sports or anything to have a full capacity um, uh, entertainment. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of tough to, to put all this together. Um, WWE being that first group, that first company to have people in, in the stands for a show after what had just happened. And, you know, it's nice to, they, they tried their best to get everything to start going back to, to normal. And it's nice that they continue that, um, with this tonight being in New York city, being in Madison square garden, you know, the day before the 20th anniversary. So, um, and they certainly delivered on this show tonight. Uh, we kick things off with Roman and the rest of the bloodline coming out. And, Roman getting a very good reaction from the crowd, um, both boos and cheers and everything else. And it was, it was kind of, it was, it was great to see uh, this crowd all night was hot. Oh my goodness gracious. There, there were no, no real dead spots at all. It was, it was, it was good. Um, but Roman talking about how he, is not worried about Brock. Um, you know, he's going to focus on on Finn, but he doesn't get too much out before Brock himself makes an appearance, which I had actually forgotten that he was supposed to be on the show tonight. So that was a nice little extra added surprise. Um, Brock comes out, does his circle around the ring, gets in the ring, doesn't need a mic. He just walks over to Paul and basically tells Paul, Paul, why didn't you tell Roman that I was going to be there at SummerSlam? And well, oh Christ, <laughs> Paul looked like somebody had shot him. He just lost all of his all of his color. Roman, like disgusted, takes the Universal Title from him and he gets out of the ring, you know, with the Usos and. Then Paul Heyman does his his uh, his shtick with with Brock to try to I don't know maybe suck up to him or whatnot, but he does the whole for you know he's like oh for twenty years I was the advocate for the rating et cetera et cetera et cetera, and the crowd ate it up. I ate it up at home. I love that. Um, I like what he does with Roman, but with the Brock stuff, it's just yeah. 
it's just it's it's beautiful. <laughs> so the funniest part of this whole thing was when Brock calls out Heyman for not telling Roman that he, you know, not telling him that he was there at SummerSlam. The crowd just chants, you effed up. And it went on for so long that Fox just muted the whole the whole show for about a minute. It was hilarious. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to understand, this is basic cable. And it's still at like the 8 o'clock hour. The children are still up. You have to protect the children. <laughs> um, so basically, after Roman and, and the Usos leave, Brock corners Heyman and tells him, well, before you're fired by Roman, just do this one thing and, you know, accept the challenge for me. Coming after the Universal title. And Heyman doesn't know what to say. He's, like, just flabbergasted as always. And then Brock's like, you have five seconds to answer my question. And Heyman doesn't know what to do. And so Brock just goes, he literally does a five-second countdown. That picks up Heyman as he's about to do a, an F5. Roman slides back in the ring, does a Superman punch. He barely jostles Brock. Then he picks up. Roman to do F five. Usos come in, super kick him. He he kind of stumbles around but doesn't fall on his doesn't get off his feet. Then he takes out the Usos. Usos roll out of the ring. Roman's already out of the ring. Heyman's out of the ring. And we have brought we have face Brock Lesnar. Man looks like a lumberjack with the ponytail and the, the beard and the whole like flannel. The whole getup is just wonderful. <laughs> I really enjoy Face Brock. Um, and I'm going to be amazed to see how he loses to Roman. Because I'm telling you, Roman's not losing this title until at least WrestleMania. At least. It's just... The whole Trouble Chief thing is just too good. Somebody huge is going to have to take it from him. And... I'm not. I'm not kidding when I when I've said before that I can see Roman holding on to this title through this year's WrestleMania into next year's when they go back to Hollywood. I can see it. There's ways that you can navigate through this whole thing where Roman can hold on to the title, still have valid feuds with people, and put on fantastic matches. There's definitely a way to do it. So we'll see. After that, we jumped into our, our in-ring action. It's a 10-man tag. Pretty pretty good, pretty good show. Pretty good, uh, pretty good match, I should say. Um, Sami Zayn, though, wearing like Nick's jersey and the whole shebang. I think he had pajamas on as well. I don't I don't they had something on them, but I couldn't tell because they were too tiny. But he's saying how much he loves you know, the Knicks and everything else. And he says he has, you know, a, a great surprise for everybody in MSG, MSG. And so what does he do? He brings out Atlanta Hawks, <laughs> Trey Young, the Knicks killer, the man 
essentially ended the Knicks playoff run in this past NBA playoff season. Um, This man is public enemy number one in New York. And the fact that Sammy brought him out and the fact that he just egged on the crowd, that's top level trolling by WWE. And I have to give them major props for that because that just lit the crowd up even more. And the funniest thing of it is Trey actually gets involved in this match. He tries to attack Rey Mysterio as he's drooped over the middle rope. The ref catches him, and instead of disqualifying the whole team, he tosses Trey Young out of the ring area, and he gets the biggest pop of the night. And I will say that. That's the very beginning of the show, but after throughout the whole show, the ref's pop was still the best one of the night. And it was fantastic. <laughs> so... Big E, who's part of the winning team, gets the win, and this the match was just was crazy. Now, I talked earlier in the night about how there was a women's tag match that was cut from the show. I think you could have slid it in right after this match. Um, and even if it was a shorter match, it still would have been nice to have them on the card. But it is what it is. Um, I also want to make a point that Big E as WWE champion or Universal champion is something that's best for business. He's ready to go. Does he need to get away from the mid-card talent at this point? Yes. I think at this point he's beyond that and he should start working with the heavyweight guys so that way he can get himself really fully ready to go. I mean, I I know the man can talk. The man can wrestle. I'm not trying to talk down anything that he does, but I think he needs to be wrestling with the top guys on the show. Like, put him with Seth. You know, put him with put him with Edge. You know, you can put him with um, hell, you can even put him with Roman. Even if it's not in wrestling capacity, just have him be around there more often. It will work. So we'll see what they do before he cashes it. After that, like I said, we did have that contract signing for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch actually went in, signed the contract. There really wasn't any, actually, there was no actual physicality in this match. Um, Becky went pretty much full heel. She comes out in like this ginormous, puffy, jacket and like these ridiculously huge sunglasses and it's just like all right she's she's taken the man and turned it up to 11 um she's definitely getting some fashion tips from the drip master himself seth so it works <laughs> um but becky goes as far as to state that she left her baby girl at home to come to see these people and you boo her this is this is what she this is the thanks that she gets and it's just like, I love this. Face Becky is fun. Heel Becky rules. Absolutely rules. So I want more of that. Just have her completely just shit talk all of her opponents. Even the crowd. Just just go to town. It's going to be great. Can't wait. So excited. <laughs> After that. 
we started with our SummerSlam rematch. Edge versus Seth Rollins 2. Holy Christ. This match was absolutely insane. The crazy thing is, I want to say that this match might have actually been better than their SummerSlam match. And their SummerSlam match was one of the best matches of the night. And this is on, you know, like, the beginning of hour two of SmackDown. Like, this show was out of control. And it's great. Seth picks up the win, hits the curb stomp. The big thing that he was that that were there, Edge was trying to avoid throughout the whole thing, able to do so at SummerSlam. But he takes it in this match. And the moment it happens, it's like something washed over Seth. And Seth was completely like remorseful and worried. And the story that they told in this match was was fantastic. They had a nice little tribute to, well, not really a tribute, but like an ode to Triple H uh, with Edge hitting the pedigree on Seth. Obviously, with, with what had happened with Triple H, he, he is... Undergone, he has well successfully undergone a uh, a surgery. Um, uh, had to do with a, a genetic condition, I believe it said it was with his heart. Um, but he's at home recovering, and you know all the best wishes out to Triple H. But it was nice to see that during this match. Um, so Seth, like gingerly pins Edge, gets the one, two, three, and then kind of like scurries to the corner. And just kind of watches and Edge. Edge doesn't move at all. They immediately have a stretcher come down and take him out. And he ends up going in a, an ambulance and, and leaves to go to a medical facility. And I say that with quotation marks because that's how it works. <laughs> um, they try to interview Seth afterwards. And Seth doesn't know how to feel about this match and about you know what had happened. And... It's like, like I said, like I feel like something washed over him the moment he hit that stomp. And for now, obviously, I'm assuming Edge is going to be gone for the next few months. And then the inevitable Rollins Edge 3. Hell in the Cell might be a great place for it. Um, there's got to be something huge to, to finish this thing off. Um But, you know, with Hell in a Cell being earlier this year, it's kind of, what do we do? Like, do we just bring that match back for this? Do we, the last man standing match, I guess, would be the only other alternative. But, I don't know. We'll see. But, like I said, this this match was absolutely stellar. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing their, their third and final match. And then after that, we went to our main event of the evening, which is for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, as the Street Profits look to regain their titles, taking on the Usos. And I'm telling you, this match, again, absolutely fantastic. At some point, Montez Ford loses a shoe, but this man don't need no, he doesn't need two pairs of sh- or two shoes to wrestle. The crowd chanting one shoe... <laughs> And Montez flying around this ring like he's got wings. Like, I'm telling you, like, 
Red Bull should sponsor this man just for the sake of it because he, he the man has wings. He's flying all over the place. The crazy thing is, profits are less than a second away from getting a win and taking their tattles back. Roman comes out about halfway through this match, slides in the ring, straps the guillotine choke on Montez Ford while he's trying to pin one of the Usos. Ref obviously calls for the DQ. It's just insane. Uh, so all three, you know, the bloodline taking out um, the Street Profits, and then all of a sudden the lights go out. Then you get that red glow, and then it happened. The Demon Prince, Finn Balor, the Demon King, I should say, comes back. First time that we've seen him in years. Because when he went to NXT, that didn't happen. He was the Prince. Now, he's back. Gets in the ring. Nice stare, stare down with Roman. Turns his attention to Paul holding the title. And then turns to the Usos. <clears throat> oh man. It was good stuff. Whew. So yeah, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, my goodness. This show was absolutely outstanding. And I'm looking forward to next week. So as we do on Mondays and Fridays, I put out a poll. So, go to our Twitter, at Above the Ring, vote in the poll. Let me know what you thought of the show. Um, like I said, I thought this was a fantastic show. Probably one of the best SmackDowns um, of the year. Maybe the best one of the year? <clears throat> Not 100% sure. Um, so, let me know what you guys think. So far, we've got 22 votes. Overwhelming A <laughs> right now. Um, so glad to know that I'm not alone in how, how I felt about this show, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Apologize for the coughs at the end. Um, let me know how you feel about this show. And, um, was this a direct response, uh, to what's been going on on the other channel? Um, is this just SmackDown being SmackDown? Are they putting on a good show because it's, you know, the eve of September 11th? Is it just SmackDown because SmackDown's just been outstanding? Who knows? We'll find out. Those ratings will come out next early next week. Uh, so I do look forward to seeing how they did. Um, the overnight ratings might come out um, at some point early tomorrow. So those will be interesting. Because I believe last week, if I remember correctly, they had 2.8 million. And I think they ended up at about 2.3-ish. Which is fantastic for them. So I look forward to seeing what they look like for this week's. So guys, thank you once again, like I said, for listening. We truly appreciate you guys. Back on that normal schedule, now that the pay-per-views are out of the way. Um, I will be covering Extreme Rules once that comes out. So we'll have ourselves a post-show right afterwards. Um, but... If you guys don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring as well. 
You can find myself pretty much everywhere in Scotty G Stream, and you can find this podcast pretty much on every podcasting platform that is out there. If it's not on one that you listen to, let us know. We will add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. And on those podcasting platforms, please like, subscribe, give us a you know a comment, rate us, let us know how we're doing. If we're terrible, if we're fantastic, you know, let people know why above the ring and ship it studios by the podcasts that you guys listen to and why everybody else should listen to us as well. Guys, once again, thank you so much. Truly appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Look out for the next Above the Ring episode, which will be coming out on Monday. Sam and I will be talking about all the stuff happening during the middle of the week and any news that's happening out in the wrestling world. And boy, oh boy, lately there's been a lot to talk about. So look forward to that. Guys, thank you once again. Truly appreciate you. Most importantly, though, do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.